You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Your Daily Star Trek News. Today is Sunday, February 27th, 2022. Coming up on the show today, uh, there's some questions over the Kelvin Timeline crew for Star Trek IV. Playmates Toys announces a new line of action figures for Star Trek Prodigy, uh, and Discovery wins big at the Makeup Artist and Hairstylist Guild Awards. Uh, Plus, I will remind you how you can score a free copy of No Man's Land, the new audio drama from Simon & Schuster. Uh, That'll be coming up uh, towards the end of the show. My name is Allison Pitt, and today's show is supported by people like you through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Now, if you're listening to me on the podcast today, I would once again encourage you come over and join us on YouTube. We do this show live every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, there's chat. I do the news, uh, some show and tell and other stuff that happens. Uh, and then you can stick around at the end for some chat that won't make it into the podcast feed. So, uh, yes, please come and join us. That's youtube.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Uh, now, um, I, you may notice that my voice is not that great today, so I'm going to try and keep the show short. I'm recovering from a sinus infection, so for those of you who have had a sinus infection, you know it's a, a touch and go towards the end, but we'll get there. It'll be great. Um, some other things that I want to remind you of before we get going, um, all of this week's news stories are up on dailystartreknews.com, all the original sources, pictures, videos, etc. Uh, we also do history and trivia up there too sometimes, uh, and of course, the events listing, which is not to be missed every Thursday. Um, So uh, let me move on to quickly to the poll. Um, (laughs) This week's poll is kind of dumb, but they're all dumb uh, and I enjoy doing them. So I want you to tell me who would win in a fight. (laughs) Uh, The Great Barrier uh, or the Galactic Barrier. Now, I'm not 100% sure whether all of you will know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Galactic Barrier, of course, was the subject of this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery uh, and a few others. It's been around. People know about the Galactic Barrier. Uh, the Great Barrier is the one that they talk about in Star Trek V. So the Great Barrier is at the center of the galaxy. The Galactic Barrier is at the outside of the galaxy. Uh, there's arguments. It's not clear whether they're connected or, or what. We don't really care about the science today. I just want to know who would win in a fight. <laughs> which, which, which one's more badass, you tell me. Uh, so yeah, there's a poll here in the chat if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, there's also a poll active on Twitter at the moment and that'll go overnight. Uh, and of course, we'll, we'll, we will review uh, the answers to, the, to that poll question uh, both here in the chat and on Twitter uh, before the end of the show. Uh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, it's already starting to hit me, so let's just get on with things. Um, All right, Uh, before we start, uh, so uh, the the beginning of the show is going to be a bit of a downer, and I'm sorry, but uh, please stick with me because there's some important stuff. Um, I would be remiss in um, (laughs) my job as somebody who talks to people on a weekly basis without mentioning the fact that uh, there's a war going on right now in Ukraine. Um, And I just wanted to vocally say the fact that I support the people of Ukraine in defending their country. There's no like two bones about that. Um, 
I am not a politician or a historian. I have absolutely no credentials to discuss what's actually happening there at all. Um, but I do know a little bit about media literacy and given the state of the world, I thought it would be worth probably taking a second uh, to talk to you about how we here at Daily Star Trek News look at information and, and how we um, vet the information that we choose to share with our audience, which is you guys. Uh, so to start off with, I just want to say that the stories that we choose, we try to be informative and entertaining, and we select what we choose to share with you. And that's an important point to say, you know, there's a lot of information out there. We actively select what we choose to then share onto our audience. Now, we choose the stories that we select by what we think is going to enhance people's lives or enhance people's experience of the Star Trek fandom, because we care about Star Trek fans. But we also select things that we think are going to drive traffic to our revenue sources, and that includes YouTube, if you're watching me on YouTube today. Um, that helps us keep doing what we're doing because it costs us money to run this show, it costs us money to pay the people that work for us, and it, keeps the, it costs money to have all the infrastructure that allows us to broadcast to you. Uh, so those do, that, that's important to keep in mind. You know, We are not a profit house, but it does enter into the equation. We do work hard to make sure that we're sharing really good information. We try to avoid rumors and speculation, and we also try to avoid spoilers here. That's just part of the identity that we have established for ourselves as an organization at Daily Star Trek News. Um, the reason that I bring like bring all that as like a preamble is to just then give you some context about how we choose our stories and how we vet to make sure that we're giving you good and reliable information and that you know that you can trust us as a source of news. So when we choose a story, based on what I said before, um, we check two things broadly. I mean, there's more than that, but it boils down to effectively two things, which is number one, the reliability of the source that the information comes from. And number two is the relevancy of the context. So, you know, what other things are happening that make whatever the news thing is relevant to what's going on right now. So the easy one is the reliability of the source. And broadly, I mean, I think as a gut feel, most people will understand what the reliability of the source is, although there are some times that it can be misleading. Is it somebody that you know, somebody has firsthand experience? Is it somebody whose reputation or access depends on the quality of the information that they're giving you? Um, and also, are they being transparent about how they acquired their facts or their level of trustworthiness about the facts. So as an example, um, we will, and we have done in the past couple of weeks, I will report on things that are unconfirmed, but they're reported by somebody like The Hollywood Reporter. In fact, there's a story later on today um, because The Hollywood Reporter, their entire business model depends on their access and their reliability of information. They are not motivated to uh, push false rumors. <laughs> that would be problematic for their business model. Um, other smaller blogs might report the same information, but that for us would be less reliable because their business model may not necessarily depend on that sort of professional level of access. So that's a good indication of how you can tell the difference between a good source or a not so reliable source. Largely, your gut is going gonna, is gonna to dictate that. Uh, also, don't believe blue checks on Twitter. <laughs> Always question them. Um, I say that with us being a blue check, so yeah. 
Okay, so that's number one, the reliability of the source. Number two, the relevancy of the context. Um, and this kind of falls into a few different categories. Um, the, the basics is when and where did somebody say something. So if, if you're reading an article about something that happened, a fact, uh, whether it's so-and-so got cast in whatever the next Star Trek movie is, or so-and-so, um, I don't know, says this spoiler is going to happen. When did they say that and where did they say that? Was that at a trade conference? Did somebody say that somebody's brother's cousin heard it? Was it two years ago? All of these things make the context relevant of the information that you're getting. Um, can you find a confirming story somewhere else from another reliable source? That's a good one. And is the full context of what they're saying transparent? So if you only get like one sentence quote and nothing else, you should definitely call into question whether you're getting the full picture of what that person said. Um, and then the final thing is, uh, again, what is the motivation behind the report that you're reading? Um, is it to generate web traffic? Is it to inform the public or whatever? Uh, if that's not really clear, um, you might want to question exactly the, 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 the truthfulness of the, the news that you're reading. Anyway, I say all those things. Those are just the things that we take into consideration here at Daily Star Trek News before we pass on information. Um, Star Trek is a fictional universe with a fandom and it's just a business, right? But uh, it is similar to other areas of the news in that there are both good and bad players and it's really hard to tell the difference. Um, telling the difference is what's generally known as media literacy. I'm sure you get that. Um, and all of us individually have a responsibility to build up our media literacy because there is no such thing as truly unbiased media. I could do a TED talk on that. It's, that's, that is, you know, arguably my opinion. I'm not like a credentialed journalist and I didn't go to school for journal journalism. Um, but you need to be smart yourself about your own media literacy. So please keep that in mind. Anyway, sorry about the rant. Um, I just wanted to to sort of give you a little insight in the transparency of the things that we do here in our little tiny corner of the news media, you know, Star Trek news. Um, but I hope that it will help some of you make decisions about how you consume media in general, uh, both related to and not related to Star Trek. Anyway, that's that. Um, thank you for listening to my little rant and, um, Hopefully things get resolved in Ukraine very quickly and peacefully. All right. So I said the, the start of the news today was going to be kind of a downer, and it is. So, uh, but their the first story today is news of the death of Sally Kellerman, uh, who, of course, was a guest star on the second pilot episode of Star Trek, Where No Man Has Gone Before. Um and as per usual, I'm going to read the lovely obituary that Chris wrote for us because I'm not great at <laughs> doing it on my own. Um, so yeah. Oscar-nominated actress Sally Kellerman has passed away. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Kellerman died due to complications from dementia on Wednesday, February 24th. She was 84. While she had a lifelong passion for singing, Kellerman began her acting career in the early 1950s, first appearing in a stage production of Look Back in Anger alongside fellow Star Trek guest actor Dean Stockwell. Kellerman made her on-screen debut in Reform School Girl in 1957, 
before taking on numerous television appearances. In 1966, Kellerman appeared as Dr. Elizabeth Daner in Where No Man Has Gone Before, the third Star Trek episode ever to air. Now, just four years later, Kellerman would take on what is arguably her most memorable role as Major Margaret Hotlips Houlihan in the 1970 film MASH, alongside other folks uh, such as uh, Renee Aubergenois. Kellerman's standout performance in MASH earned her an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Now, according to IMDb, Kellerman stacked up 158 film and television credits during her career. Other credits include roles in The Twilight Zone, The Boston Strangler, That's Life, Back to School in 1986, uh, and a recurring role on The Young and the Restless. With a desire to get back to her roots as a singer, she recorded her first album, Roll with the Feeling, in 1972. Her second album, Sally, was released in 2009. In her 2013 memoir, Read My Lips, Stories of a Hollywood Life, Kellerman reflected on the ups, downs, and everything in between while pursuing a career in entertainment. Uh, you can read more about Sally Kellerman and her life in her obituary in The Hollywood Reporter. And uh, thanks again to Chris for writing that for us this week. All right. Um, okay. I'm going to move on now to things that are a little bit uh, more like we're used to talking to talking about on on this show, which is, you know, actual Star Trek news and uh, a little bit more fun stuff. So, uh, <laughs> OK, so last week uh, we talked about uh, Star Trek four and the announcement by J.J. Abrams that Star Trek four was going to be filming with these the Kelvin timeline cast and some new faces. Uh, starting later this year uh, for that uh, late December or that December 2023 release date. So in comes again, wow, every it's really heavy on the Hollywood Reporter today. Sorry, guys. Uh, in comes Hollywood Reporter uh, in a story this week, uh, spoiling the news that some of us thought might be the case, which is that uh, that announcement was a bit of a surprise to most of the Kelvin Times. Line Star Trek cast. Um, now, it, I remember at the time it wasn't 100% clear whether they actually had everybody signed on. Usually casting like announcements come before the announcement of filming, um, and that didn't happen this time around. Um, but now, according to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, most of those actors uh, were a little bit blindsided. Here's what The Hollywood Reporter had to say. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that most, if not all, teams for the franchise's primary players, who include Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana, and John Cho, were not aware that an announcement for another film was coming, much less that their clients would be touted as part of the deal, and certainly not that their clients would be shooting a movie by year's end. Insiders say that Pine, who plays Captain Kirk, is the first to enter early negotiations as he is the linchpin to the project. So, remember how I said a few minutes ago that we don't usually like to talk about rumor and speculation? Uh, someplace like The Hollywood Reporter is uh, an exception to that. They do have good inside sources, and this story was both published in the print version of Hollywood Reporter and online. Uh, so I think there's probably legs to it. Um, but of course, you know, we haven't had any official announcements and it may not even matter. Um, things like this eventually we'll find out more. And until then, you could speculate all you want. Uh, but it is important context to the announcement last week. 
that J.J. Abrams has said it's definitely happening, there's a little bit of doubt cast on that now. So uh, we will be watching that with um, <laughs> close attention over the next several months to find out what what is happening. But um, certainly I think um, it, most of the people that I have spoken to, including myself, are you know in favor of another Kelvin Timeline film. So hopefully that will happen. It'll happen on schedule. We'll see. All right. Okay, so uh, the next story is one that I am personally very excited about and have on my wish list. Uh, so Playmates Toys, who are just off the back of announcing a whole a new line of um, Star Trek figures, and we had, uh, it was uh, uh, Kirk and Spock from Wrath of Khan, and we had uh, Data and Q and Picard and something else I can't remember. Oh, uh, Saru and Burnham from Discovery. They have announced a line of toys from Star Trek Prodigy in a move that surprises no one, right? It's a kid's show, so of course they're going to release action figures. But it's still exciting. Uh, we've even got pictures of some of the first few that they're releasing, and uh, they look really great. Um, okay, so here's what Carol, uh, sorry, Carl Aronian, who's the senior vice president of Playmates Toys, said about these toys, we are excited to be bringing Star Trek Prodigy toys and accessories home to families for the first time. This new lineup we're unveiling is highly focused on playability. We want kids to take the toys out of the packaging and engage in imaginative play as if they were part of the Star Trek world themselves. That makes me very happy. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming, <laughs> we assume they mean kids of all ages because probably some of us will get them. Uh, I personally am hoping for a zero one because I love zero. Um, up in the lineup, we've got uh, Dal and uh, Murph and Dal appear to be packaged together. Uh, Gwyn, Jenkampog, um, Zero, uh, Rock Talk is going to be coming in early 2023. And one that wasn't in the picture, but is definitely listed in the press release is Hologram Janeway, which I think will be a very popular one, um, especially if they, like next year, if they release the, like, the scary emo Janeway too. I like her. Uh, so these are uh, five inch, uh, one, to, one to 14 scale figures, um, 14 points of articulation and other statistics specific to action figures. Anyway, they look amazing. Those should be hitting shelves in October of this year, uh, like except for Rock Talk, of course, who'll be coming next year, but uh, hmm, just in time for Christmas. Um, also, my birthday's in October. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Star Trek Prodigy. By then, we also may have seen the second half of the first season. So uh, yeah, if you want to catch up on Star Trek Prodigy because you haven't already, it's actually a good time to binge it. It's available, uh, the first half of the first season is available on Paramount+, Plus, and then we can look forward to the rest of it later this year. All right. So our last story today is really a follow-up on... Um, Excuse me, it's a follow-up on a story we brought you a couple weeks ago. And actually, this is kind of an in case you missed it, because the event actually took place on, I think, the 19th of February. So it's a, a, it was a little while ago. But Discovery actually won really big at the Makeup Artists and Hairstylists Guild Awards. And this is no surprise. If you if you watch the, the awards nominations and stuff for Discovery, they always get really good kudos for um, special visual effects, um, makeup effects, etc., um, this time around, they were nominated for a few things, and they basically like won everything, <laughs> which is great. Uh, so the big one was um, the the main award was uh, what is it? 
Yes, it was best special makeup effects for a TV series, a limited mini series or new media series. Um, and that was just for the series as a whole. But also uh, we had Doug Jones uh, won the inaugural chair award just for basically uh, being an amazing guy who wears prosthetics really well. Um, he said of that award, I feel a little guilty receiving an award for basically sitting in a chair while you guys did all the work. Which is, uh, I think, um, being a little bit too humble because Doug Jones, you know, uh, doesn't... I think most people who have seen him in any of his roles, Star Trek or otherwise, would argue that he wears those prosthetics very, very well. Um, so it's it's good for him that he won that inaugural award. Uh, Sonequa Martin-Green was there to present him with that award, and she said of him that he's a phenomenal actor, a true artist, a warrior, and a genius of the mind and body. He's a legend, and he's an angelic gem of a human being. I love him deeply, which is very kind of her to say. Um, also at the same awards ceremony, Joy Zapata, who worked on uh, TNG, Generations, and Nemesis, also received a Lifetime Achievement Award. So it was a good day for Star Trek at the Makeup Artist and Hairstylist Guild Award. Uh, you can find out more about that and all the other winners uh, uh, on the Guild website, which is uh, it's local706.org, part of IATSE. So yeah. Okay. Uh, just going to pause here really quick because that's pretty much the news for this week. Of course, it was a short week. We took a couple of days off to celebrate or to observe the President's Day holiday and just, you know, give our writers a little breathing room. Um, I have, uh, wow, just so much more stuff to show you. Okay. Uh, first things first, I do want to thank all of our patrons who are watching. You guys are the ones who support the show, keep us going, and <laughs> kind of keep the lights on, as it were. Uh, if you are interested in also supporting the show, uh, it's really easy to join up. Go to patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. We have options from just a dollar a month, or if you go for the whole year at once, it ends up being about $10 because there's a yearly discount. So check that out, patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. I would appreciate that. Um, also, if you are in the market for a free copy of the uh, the new audio drama from uh, Star Trek Picard, which is called No Man's Land, featuring Michelle Hurd and Jerry Ryan, uh, we've got 10 copies to give away. Um, so that is running, uh, register, entries are running this week and next week. Entries close on the next set, sorry. Saturday a week. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm bad with dates. You can find out all of the information on that giveaway, how to enter and uh, and what the details are uh, at dailystartreknews.com forward slash giveaway. There's also a tweet that is pinned to the top of our Twitter page. So you can go to twitter.com forward slash dailytreknews and learn more about it there. Um, please enter. It should be very good. And everyone who has heard it so far has said it's a very good drama um, and definitely worth your time. Right. Uh, before I move on to very cool, as usual, Star Trek show and tell, uh, I do want to remind you there's a poll in chat. <laughs> tell me who would win in a fight between the Great Barrier and the Galactic Barrier. You can vote here on YouTube chat or you can go over to Twitter and vote there as well. Anyway, okay. So uh, today's uh, today's Star Trek show and tell is was prompted. I was kind of inspired. So 
Um, as we all know, uh, Star Trek Picard is coming up uh, like this week. It's this week, right? The 3rd of March. Um, and the production designer for Star Trek Picard, whose name is Dave Blass, he's on uh, Twitter at Dave Blass if you want to follow him. Uh, he posted um, uh, some screenshots earlier to uh, yesterday, yesterday. Um, saying the world building of a show like Star Trek Picard takes hundreds of people all collaborating and busting ass for long hours during COVID craziness for two years, honored to work with such a talented team. And he posted a, a series of like lists of the names of the art team. Um, is it the art direction team, the set decoration team, props, playback, and the construction department. These are all people who kind of work hard behind the scenes uh, to make Star Trek Picard come to life. Um, and if you look at the very bottom of the first like page of names is two names that those of you who play Star Trek online will be familiar with, which is Thomas Moroni uh, and Hector Ortiz. Hector is their concept artist and Thomas has been promoted now so many times. I don't know what his title is, but he's the guy that does all the ships. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it's awesome for them and exciting for those of us who kind of watch what's going on because I want to know what they have to do with Picard. We'll find out. Anyway, so um, the point is that uh, Star Trek show and tell this week is uh, this poster that I picked up. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure where it must have been STLV in 2017 because it says 2017 CBS Studios um, and it's got the Xbox and PS4 so it's after they launched uh, on console and um, so it must be that but yes yeah, so this is a Star Trek Online poster and it's the uh, schematics of the inside of the Enterprise D and all L carsified and, you know, you can read all this stuff. Um, I don't know how much I can, I probably can't zoom in on this very well. Um, it's a great poster. I haven't framed it or anything. It actually usually sits on my shelf back behind here. Um, and I love it. I will never, ever, ever get rid of it. So that's that. <laughs> anyway, that was inspired because, you know, that team at Cryptic Studios has been doing such wonderful work on Star Trek, you know, and Star Trek assets for so many years. Like, yes, I can't say enough about that team. So, um, you know, in, in addition to congratulations to Thomas and Hector for getting their names on that list, um, go and play Star Trek online because it's amazing. Anyway, um, okay, I have just actually seen in the chat BC, who is wonderful, um, has just mentioned, have we mentioned 10 Forward the Experience yet? And no, we have not. We're probably, uh, we'll probably do a story on that coming up this week. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, 10 Forward the Experience is like a pop-up promotional marketing experience thing that's happening, happening in LA in two weeks time uh they're they're setting up 10 forward i bought my tickets and i'm very excited um i don't have 
I will find the uh, the URL that you can go and book those tickets for. I'm sorry, I don't have it to hand. I will find the URL and put it in the show notes or down below in the video for this so that you can go and check it out. If you can feasibly get to the Los Angeles area, um, I think it starts the 10th of March and it goes through all the following week. Um, there's two seatings a night. It's about $25 a person, um, and it's got, um, you know, themed stuff. It's in a themed place, and they have a shop, <laughs> which I will be spending money at. Uh, you do have to be COVID vaccinated in order to get in, so keep that in mind, but it, will, it should be a, a fun little experience. Um, and like I said, we're, we'll do a story on that sometime uh, later this week, so we'll, we'll make sure to bring you more details. And thank you, BC, for mentioning that. All right. Okay, guys, listen, that is that is going to be it for today. Don't forget to vote in the poll. Um, and I'm going to get out of here before I start <laughs> coughing or being more embarrassing than I usually am. Um, so that is it for this week in Daily Star Trek News. Um, thank you for listening. And just a reminder that if you were listening to this on the podcast, it's way more fun on YouTube. So come and join us. Join us in the chat. Say hi to everybody. Um, and also you you can see things like the awesome um, L cars inside of the Enterprise poster that I showed. Um, yeah. Uh, so a uh, reminder as well, all of the things that I talked about on today's show, including other stuff as well, is available on dailystartreknews.com. Dailystartreknews.com is also the place that you can sign up for our daily newsletter so you can get all that stuff delivered straight to your inbox every day. It's nice and convenient. Um, this show uh, is produced by me, Allison Pitt, and the stories today were written by Chris Peterson, Marina Kravchuk, Jack Brown, T. Rick Jones, and David Powell. So thank you to all of those guys with whom none of this would be possible. Um, wait, without whom none of this would be possible. Um, and, and finally, I just want to say that again, today's show is supported by people like you people who sign up through Patreon and decide to support us on a monthly or a yearly basis. So you can find out more about how all that works at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Right. Um, oh my God, you guys, I didn't do the poll. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Listen, no joke. I've been so ill this week. I'm really off my game. <laughs> so I'm not going to sign off yet. Hold on. Hold that thought. All right. You guys have a minute to, to do the poll in the YouTube chat. And I do want to have a quick shout out to John Martin for his super chat. Hey, John Martin, how's it going with you? And thank you for joining us today. Thanks for watching. Um, right. Okay. Let's look at the poll over on Twitter. I'm not sure everybody like understood the, understood the question this week. <laughs> In fairness, it was kind of weird. So uh, currently winning uh, with 63.6%, who would win in a fight? Currently winning is the Galactic Barrier. So clearly you guys think the Galactic Barrier would put up more of a fight. Um, the Great Barrier is coming in with only 36.4% of the vote. If you think that's wrong, go and vote now. It's open overnight. So we'll see. Right, I'm going to end the poll here in the chat here. Um, okay. Uh, okay.
So here on YouTube, who would win in a fight, the Galactic Barrier, the Great Barrier, uh, in the uh, decidable, decide, ugh, I'm going to stop talking. In the lead with 78% is the Galactic Barrier. So congratulations to the Galactic Barrier uh, by popular vote. You are the badass of the barriers. Uh, the, the Great Barrier, of course, coming in with only 21% of the vote. So that's sad. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if you guys are just like ageist because the Great Barrier, you know, put up a fight a long time ago. I was actually kind of leaning towards the Great Barrier because... Listen, the Great Barrier contained a godlike being who, like, couldn't get out, right? He had to lure somebody in in order to, to get out of it. So, I don't know, that's pretty badass. The Galactic Barrier, on the other hand, people just, people just, like, go across it all the time. You know, they just jump across. Or, like, you know, the Picard wormhole dudes, they just, like, find a wormhole and, like, jump in. So, I actually think the Galactic Barrier is pretty weak. Don't tell it I said that. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I've already done the outro, so I'm not going to do it again. Um, I appreciate you all listening. I appreciate it very much. And I will be back next week with more of the Star Trek news that you need to know, um, hopefully in a more organized fashion. Um, and, and we'll go from there. <laughs> I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.